Good morning. Welcome to the Church of. May I help you? Yes. What exactly is the name of your church? Whatever you want it to be. You're just the Church of blank? Yes. Names with words like the cross or God offend people. You'll find our beliefs are very tolerant. In fact, we've removed everything from the Bible that might be offensive. See? This pamphlet is your Bible? Did you keep anything? Oh, yes. Love one another, God is love, the seven suggestions. You mean the Ten Commandments? Oh, commandments are so intolerant. People were offended. Don't you think God is offended when you change his word? God is tolerant. He'll understand. I don't think so. He wasn't very tolerant of Sodom and Gomorrah or of the world when he sent the flood. Oh, we've eliminated those events from our Bible. Listen, God wants what's best for us. Ignoring his moral standards doesn't change his expectations of us, regardless of how offensive you find them. Oh, sorry if I've offended you. Don't worry about me. It's God you need to be concerned about. Sound faith guides you in this life. When you really are on the right track, your life is also becomes on the right track. As you follow the ways of God, he breaks through your life and blesses you. I've had fun this last week at work. People say, I haven't seen you in a while. What's been going on in your life? Glad you asked me. God answered mighty prayers in my life. I told him out in the lunch line. And this one lady so blew her mind, she cursed. I think she didn't think about it when she did it, but it so blew her mind, her first expression was, bleep. I was like, okay. Well, hopefully she'll get it. But she, I said, God gave us thousands of dollars. We cried out to God and he answered our prayer and paid our church off, our debt from our, our mortgage. Bleep. Wow. Tell those people about me. Okay, not only that, God answered my prayers and basically gave me thousands of dollars for my own home. Wow, it took them back. I got a chance to witness from the things of God that blew their minds. The things that happen in my sound faith life affects people around me. It gives me a chance to testify. Sound faith qualifies us for eternal life. Unsound faith throws us into eternal darkness. There is a connection between beliefs and your behavior. You can't be like the Pharisees. That's why we've talked about discernment, isn't it? You must live what you think. If you thought the hurricane was coming this week right here, would you have yawned and laid out in the sun for the day? You would have changed your behavior like a lot of people did. Some got in their cars and ran. Now, there's some dumb people that are dead right now because they sat in their trailers and said, I'm not moving. Okay, they're dead. Now they moved. They took them and buried them. Isn't that stupid? For some reason, they are idiots. They did not connect belief with behavior. Either they didn't honestly believe that the weathermen were telling them the truth, that the hurricane was coming through their, their town, or something, why they would sit there and say, no, I'm not leaving. I just heard a, a guy talk about Mount St. Helens. Remember when that thing blew up? There was an idiot up there whose name was, of all things, Ronald Reagan. Not our pre Wasn't it Ronald Reagan? What was his name? Some famous name that I recognized. Oh, whatever. It was a well-known name anyway. I forget who it was. He lived... Harry Truman. Sorry, that's, that's exactly... It was Harry Truman. I remember. Lived on the side of the mountain. They came up and said, Harry, I'm telling you right now, this thing's going to blow the whole top off this. We've got all the evidence that's coming. I don't care what you say. I'm not moving. The guy said, yep, he's still there. He's probably about under 50 foot of ash now. He's there, but he's dead as a doornail because he would not take heed. We told him. Everybody told him. He didn't care. He sat there and died over a, I don't know what reason. People do this every time in our days. 
You see it in a physical world, but they're doing it spiritually. That's the thing that's bothering us, isn't it? Spiritually, they look at you and say, I don't care. You do what you want to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. Leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. That kind of stupidity. And they sit there. But it's our job to bring them to truth, a light, some way to bring up so they see their need. Now listen, we have to say this simple statement. Of course, doctrine divides. Jesus said, the narrow way is this way, follow me. Broadway is that way, don't follow me. That means the road splits in two ways. What happens when you go down I-75 and the road splits? Some go to the left, some go to the right. It divides the traffic. Real simple. Truth always divides. Some are going to say, no, I'm not following Jesus. Some are going to say, yeah, I follow Jesus. And they take a right turn and continue following Christ, while others continue to the left and go their own way. Correct? That's a dividing point. Jesus said, listen, the days are real clear. In a house, it's going to be divided. Mother against father, husband against wife, because some are going to follow me and some will not. And in the known house, there's going to be a sort of division amongst them. That is true. Truth does divide. And the broad way or the narrow way has to be chosen from every person's perspective. Truth divides the people who have their own ideas from the people that want to unite and serve and follow Christ. As we've turned and followed Jesus, we have to look at each other here in this room and say, we must unite. We must serve Christ Jesus. We must not say, oh no, I've got to stick with my family just because I hate Jesus. I, I, I. No, no, you have to learn to say, I've got to turn and follow Christ. That means I'm suddenly separating myself from my family, from my old friends. When I came to Christ, I was 19, not a young kid. I lost contact with people that once were my friends. I don't have close connection with family who don't like Jesus. They don't like me and my radical thinking. So we don't have close friendship. It's just natural. The splitting apart. When you go to, they ask you to come to a party and you don't want to come because you don't want to drink and you don't want to party and they don't understand and then you, you, they both, you both feel funny. You separate. You separate. You slowly slide apart. That's what happened with a lot of my friends. We slid apart. But I started finding myself connected to Jesus people. When I, was go, I got saved when I was going to college. Of all the thousands of kids that were at the college, I found myself drawn to strangers of about 50 kids that were meeting together in Jesus. And I had a desire to be around them, got to know them, got involved with their lives, got involved, went to Florida when I was from Michigan, and went to Daytona Beach and spent a week with all the other 10,000, 100 million teen, uh, college students there sharing Jesus with them trying to help the ones who got drunk and lost all their money to come to Christ and find that we had these little shelter places where they gave out free sandwiches and food every day because they lost all their money, the idiots they were, getting drunk and robbed and everything else that they did when they were loaded. And then they had nothing to get home, so we fed them, shared the word with them. We did all kinds of stuff to try to help them there. Now, before that, I had no interest to do that. But when I came to Christ when I was 19, my direction changed. My desires left being selfish before I wanted to go to Florida to play games and have fun. Now I went to Florida so I could help others who were in trouble. And when I was there, I was able to build unity with those who loved Jesus. And they became my new friends. 
See the difference? The people of God gather around a common faith, a common desire. This is why we say discernment determines our destiny. You have to discern or make a judgment at this point in life. Will you follow Christ all your days or will you say, no, I'm not going to? That's a, that's a real judging time of, of life. So once we make that right turn, once we say we follow Jesus, we've got other questions to ask. What about heresy and false doctrine that keeps being poured in like Jesus warned? What about the false Jesus is being preached? What about the false gospel? What about the false spirit that enters inside the church and mixes with everything? What do we do with all that? This is where now we have to discern again. What do we have to do with this? How do we divide when we're supposed to be united? And how do we stay united if there's all kinds of junk going on inside the church? Very complicated, isn't it? We have to look at those issues. And we go to the same reasoning of discernment that God gave us. Test what? All things, right? Test all things. We have to test those things. We must say, the people who have their own ideas or get their own visions, when people start coming to you and say, I had a vision from God. It told me that no longer follow the Bible, but here's the new way. What do you say? I don't think so, dude. You're of the devil. You're following your own ideas. I'm following God. Guy comes up and says, God told me the Bible's cool. I believe it all. But I have a new thing I can tell you that's a secret for those who really want to walk with God. What do you say? <clears throat> nah, you can't add anything to Scripture. Who takes away or adds to, the Revelation says, are accursed. God will fight them. See, and that's what happens in our day that's confusing. Most of these false preachers on TV don't come and say, I don't disagree with the Bible. They say, oh yeah, Bible is cool, but you know what? Last night I had this great vision. Jesus came to me and he was 100 foot tall and he said that if I don't collect X a million dollars from all you people, he's going to kill me. Now, give me your money because I don't want to die. What do you say? Eh, not a dime from me. But no, he got millions from people who were stupid enough to listen to the guy have a way to get millions of dollars from people. And they gave it to him. Isn't that incredible? See, when a preacher comes and proclaims his own ideas, and all they have to say is, God told me. The Spirit said, I had a vision, and God said to do this. People say, we're in the church, and it's on the church channel. It must be of God. Here's my money. I believe you. That's not discernment, is it? Test all things. Test all things. You must test all things. Here's where we go then. Look at Ephesians 5.11. Think this through. Ephesians 5.11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Read it again. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. What's that mean? Well, first of all, if we have no fellowship, we talk about the affirm and deny again idea. First it says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. First of all, we can conclude from the affirm and deny idea is, first of all, we are to stand together in fellowship as believers. Correct? 
we affirm that God said we are to gather and hold fellowship. And remember, fellowship is not eating food together. It's not singing songs together. It's spiritually entwining our lives together in Jesus. So we help each other serve and obey and please God, get involved in each other's lives and businesses and help and strengthen and encourage one another. That's fellowship. We are to fellowship with those in Christ. We're to unite to do that. Where we're not to unite is we are to stand against those heresies because they subvert and destroy truth that gives life. For those who are unfruitful, they are giving lies about Jesus, who are giving phony additions to the Word of God for their own selfish gain to pull people away after their own so they can get money or whatever from you. It says not to fellowship with them. That means don't give them any money. Don't fellowship with their lives. Don't strengthen them. Don't encourage them in this. Write them a letter, if anything, and tell them, you are a hypocrite liar. Stop asking for money. and send, send money to us if you're so worried about us instead of asking for my money. See, do something to deny the lie. Affirm the truth. Deny the opposite. Remember? We are to work together to spread truth and expose lies. Notice that's what it says, doesn't it? Ex rather, expose them. Expose. When, when you see on the TV, 2020 has an expose, what do they do? They find a politician, they shine a light on him and say, here's what he's really doing. Here he's a this and he's doing that and he's a liar. And before you're done, what happens? The guy's hurting from that. Or false preachers, they did it in the past. Here's Jimmy Swaggart. He is a hypocrite. Look at, he's messing with, with the prostitutes and that exposes him. This is what scripture says. It says, expose them. You don't like that, do you, merciful girls? Do you like to expose the lies and falsehood of people? No, that hurts their feelings. We don't want to do that. Prophet says, get them, baby. <laughs> Pharisee says, yeah, baby, I like to kill them. The other one says, I hate to do it, but this is what's real. You're hurting other people. This is why we must expose the liars and the falsehood. We must verbally stand against them, clearly defining it so that it can be exposed as a lie. Liars get good at what they do, don't they? They can really make it sound good when it's false. Boy, the, the last president really got that. He really blew my mind. He would be able to sit there, smile as the nicest guy in the world, and sit there and lie through his teeth, go the next week and say the opposite again, contradicting what he just said a week before that, and smile through his teeth and it just scares you to think people can do that. That needs to be exposed because you think you've got a small audience. I still say politicians think we're stupid in America, and most of them, I think they're right. We will not distinguish and search out and look at the truth. If the guy comes to my town and says what I want to hear, we're a depressed area, we need jobs, he'll come in and say, vote for me, I'll give every one of you jobs and increase your pay by twice. Yes! Okay, he goes to the next town. I'll never give those people that over there because that is definitely hurting our economy. I'll let them go, but I'm going to help you guys instead. Yeah! They'll set and contradict themselves and everybody goes, yeah, scary idea. We must be smart enough to see what they really do, what they really vote for, and the thing that they hate and want to tell you every time. 
What's my private life has nothing to do with my political life. Baloney. If they'll stab their wife in the back, then what's going to keep them from stabbing you in the back? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. What their private life does is everything connected to their political and public life. Don't ever let them sit there and lie and lie and lie to you. You know that they're dishonest and they will not. Who can trust them if, they can't, if, a, if their own wife can't trust them? Believe me, you've got to get past, peel off the lies and distinguish truth. God gave us the Bible for our source of eternal truth, and we are warned by the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 11:3-4. But I fear, lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted you may well put up with it. If you do not discern what is truth and what is false, your eternal destiny is hopeless. You must see the importance of affirming the truth, and strongly denying falsehood. Don't be foolish, listen to the teachings of Jesus. If you have questions you can ask Randy by contacting him on Twitter at Randy N. Bell or online at narrowroadunderground.klptv.com.